Good morning, welcome to Gareth Jones on speed. It's ten past nine in the morning and I'm standing on the apron at Farnborough Airport, a rather cool little airport frequented by business jets. And I'm about to board a little ERJ-135, an Embraer regional jet, uh, as I'm on a flight from the UK to Italy. I'm going to Rome to drive some Infinities. I think this might be rather good. Well, after a two and a half hour flight from the UK, we've landed in Rome. And I have to say, I'm kind of glad to be down. It's a very pleasant flight. But the approach was very, very long and very, very flat and through almost zero visibility, it was a 100% cloud everywhere, and then we flew into a lightning storm, which is very exciting. So needless to say, now that we've landed here in Rome, it is bucketing it down. It looks more like, I don't know, Norfolk in December than that lovely Rome in November. So we'll see what these girls have to offer. Actually, one of the things that we're doing is going to be driving these two cars on a skid pan and there'll be a demonstration of how they cope with treacherous conditions so this will be a very real test it's not just unpleasant out there it is horrible out there you can probably hear the rain battering on the window this will be a proper test of these cars and of the journalists that I'm travelling with who have all got to stay dry write their copy and get it back to the UK there's about uh, a dozen or so of us and as I speak the rain is getting heavier actually I'm wondering if we should be test driving submarines or speedboats in this weather OK, we're safely down at Rome's Fumicino Airport, which, if you think about it, is the perfect Italian name for an airport. Fumicino, doesn't that mean a smoke and a coffee? We've been shipped by the lovely people of Infinity to a reception area and given pastries and juice, which is nice. And just outside the door, we have a fleet of vehicles, which we're going to drive. There are nine M30 D's. This is the Infinity Saloon that's about the size of a 5 Series and to my eyes has more than the look of a Maserati about it. It's slightly tall. They're all finished in a sort of charcoal grey and look very substantial. Now as far as I know these cars have four wheel steering. A technology I would imagine that's common to the Renault Laguna Coupe which I came to Portugal to test a year or so ago and I was very impressed with. I love the way that the rear wheel steer and give you that nice lane changing ability. So we'll be paired up in these cars, two journalists to a car, and off we go for a short drive and then we'll get a presentation about the technology on board the vehicle. And then tomorrow we get to drive a different Infinity with a petrol engine. I'm not sure which one I'm looking forward to most. The diesel is the big story. It's about time that Infinity had some diesels in Europe, and I think we're going to be the first people to test them. I feel privileged. Gareth Jones on speed to Infinity and beyond! Well, Rome anyway! 
OK, we've been partnered up with other journalists. My partner is Paul Gibson. Good start, Paul. The boot won't open. <laughs> it's locked. Aha. OK, we'll load our kit in the boot. Grazie. I'm having mine loaded for me. And what a commodious boot it is with a nice luggage net at the back to stop things from flailing around. And considering we've got some cameras and tripods and recording equipment, you drive first, Paul. I drive first, and thanks a lot. <laughs> you see, we're going into Rome, and quite frankly, if you're going to go into a city, you're probably better off letting someone else drive. Interior is nice. I haven't seen a colour of wood like that since a 1974 Squire Telecaster copy. I don't know what you call that. That's interesting. It looks like burnt wood. It does. It looked like slightly charred wood. Very nice. I'll let you concentrate, Paul, because you've got a familiar... That's where I put the key. Ah, do we need to put it in at all? There we go. Yeah. That's an increasing problem with cars these days. Do you put the key in somewhere? Do you leave it somewhere? We, you know, it was easy when we had keys which went in. Well, the ones that confuse me is that you you have a fob and you have to press the button to open the door. Yeah. But then you don't need it to start the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've, got, you've got it in your hand anyway. <laughs> yeah, that'll be the music. Now we've got a presentation now. I think it's probably oh, going to run right, automatically. Yeah. Right. Thank you for joining us in the Eternal City for the drive of the all-new Infinity M. What could be the boldest and most individual luxury performance sedan in the world? We're watching this on the uh, little 16 by 9 TV screen in the dash. But the first Infinity designed from inception to appeal across all our 35 global markets. But more information is available in your briefing book. So please, enjoy the drive. And do tell us at the end if you agree the Infinity M gives, as we say... An inspired performance in an oh so familiar class. Gareth Jones on speed! Inspired presenting in a familiar podcast! Ready to rock. Okay, we have a route displayed for us. That's uh, some kind of display. It's large and pretty and very 3D. We seem to be driving at an altitude of about uh, 800 foot above the display at the moment. Hello. Gibson. Paul Gibson. Gareth Jones. Jones, alright. Okay, navigation set up already. Just mm-hmm. have to follow the yellow route. And there's an iPod in the central glove box. Just press auxiliary if you need it. Great. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Follow the yellow route, did you say? Mm. Follow the yellow big road. The red one. Yeah. Not the red one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, my instinct would have been to go for the red one, red yeah. having a higher luminance in the yellow, I think, possibly. Yeah, my father, who wasn't colour blind, but whenever he drove, we'd arrive at a set of lights, if it was red, he'd say, no, it's red, should I stop or go? He always thought that green had a, a more warning value than red. <laughs> we tend to stop at green lights. I haven't inherited that, luckily, Paul. Morning. Morning. Let me take the car. Thank you. We're, we're following the yellow route on here. What? Yellow route, we're following, not red. Uh, on? We were going yellow this way? Cheese, yeah, cheese and dead yellow. Okay, Roger. Thank you. Thanks. Yellow route it is, then. Eh? Oh, 
What's that? What the heck is that? I should be going this way. Uh-huh. Do you want to tell us to go around the roundabouts that way? Okay. Exit bear right. Yep. Nothing worse than navigating a new town in a new car for the first time. And it's left-hand drive, with someone sitting next to you trying to record a podcast at the same time. Paul. Not sure whether you're talking to me or the podcast. Uh, both. <laughs> that was the first exit. The instructions were to take the third. That's the second. Take the motorway entrance on your right. That'll be this one, then. Interesting, they said motorway, not autostrada. Oh. <laughs> it's for us ignorant people. <laughs> Already that diesel sounds amazing. Yeah. I had to look down to make sure I was driving a diesel. Yeah. Smoothly waffling away. Nice. Is it a twin turbo V6 diesel? Yeah, it must be. Yeah. I'll read the spec sheet at some point. <laughs> when we're more subtle. You've got some experience of driving the Infinity M though, Paul, mm. already, haven't you? Mm, I have, yeah. The petrol, I can't actually remember what engine size. I think it was a three and a half petrol. Yeah, that was one of the first cars in London, I think, the first cars in the UK. And I secretly had to drive around about 100 miles. And it's quite impressed, actually. It's solid, steadfast. It's quite tall. It seems you know, quite a bulky car for a sort of five series equivalent, really. It seems to be slightly taller. And dare I say it's slightly heavier. I'll be interested to see, find out what the weight of this car is compared mm. to a BMW 5 Series. It does feel very heavy, actually, at the moment. Mm. I mean, it's, it does feel bigger than it looks to drive. It feels, yep. it feels really big, solid, heavy car. But to look at it, you think it's no bigger than a, an Audi A4 or something. Mm-hmm. It's got quite sculpted front wings. You know, they sort of protrude on either side, which gives that sense of bulk, I think, as well. Yeah, M for a diesel, that's quiet, isn't it? Very quiet. There's nothing at the moment that would have given it away to be a diesel. No. Nothing at all. Which surprises me, because you, you wouldn't actually think a Japanese car could build a nice, quiet, effective diesel engine. Well, I'm wondering if it is a Japanese engine. I, I rather suspect that it's a French engine. I think it's a, a Renault block. I'm, I'm guessing here, but we'll find out from the Infinity people later because of the relationship between Nissan and Renault. They're sharing engines, transmissions, the rear-wheel steer, I think, as well. This car has some connection, I would imagine, with the Nissan Z car or the Z car, I would think, at yeah. some point. And also the Renault Laguna as well, which I really like, the Laguna Coupe. I think the saloon's a very dull thing, but the Coupe's pretty darn good. We were told that today's a bank holiday here in Italy, so in theory traffic should be light, and it does seem to be at this point as we pass a Dacia Sandero, which we don't have in the UK, <laughs> perhaps mercifully. No, nothing wrong with reason. Yeah, <laughs> nothing wrong with cheap cars. It's a good thing. <laughs> okay, it wants us to take the right hand. Pleased to say that it's dried out a bit now. There's no standing water. The surface is slightly sheen. It's not like it was when we were landing. That was uh, the apocalypse, I think, wasn't it? Okay, in the right lane if you want to come over. 
airy refinement. This this button, I don't know if you heard in that little presentation that we were given, forest air. We've got the forest air button on at the moment, which is providing, uh, I guess, ionised and perfumed air in the cabin. It's not unpleasant. I don't know if I'm noticing it, but it's not unpleasant. It's probably one of those things you're not meant to notice. If you notice it, then it's too much. Yep. Subtlety. Mm. Subtlety's worth... That's what you pay for, isn't mm. it? When you pay for a lot, you know, you want a bit of subtlety. My co-driver today, Paul Gibson, writes for Limousine Magazine. Is that right? Uh, no, it's not right. Oh, OK. <laughs> Tell me what's <laughs> it's, right it's then. Actually, it's an online uh, publication called thechauffeur.com. OK. Yes. Um, chauffeur.com. Thechauffeur.com. Yeah, right. um, it's been going for seven years now. And it's literally aimed at the chauffeur, stroke, private hire operator and limousine operators in the UK. So you're uh, a corporate publication in some ways, really. I mean, you're targeting professional yeah it's, it's directly it's a business to business publication and so we, we do tend to cover sort of legislation issues all the, the latest laws and that kind of thing so I mean it's obviously important for an operator to know what's required of them and we also offer small business advice and obviously the car reviews is kind of a, kind of a lighter side of it really uh-huh. and so you get to go on these trips quite often Oh, not as often as some of the other journalists I mean because we obviously specialise in just high end luxury cars and there aren't that many high-end luxury cars, so yeah, yeah. I'll probably go on a sort of three or four launches a year, really. So we're so not going to see you on a Dacia launch, are we? Probably not. No, <laughs> or the Ford Fiesta one. No, definitely not. <laughs> I would imagine your market is going to be important for Infinity. They're trying to nuzzle their way in where Mercedes, Audi, BMW, and of course Lexus have a fairly strong holding. Can we say the word Lexus while we're here? Do you think that's going to upset them? I think we can because the report I've already written, I wrote it on the plane, contains the word Lexus quite a lot. Uh Because I think something like this is really not unlike the Lexus GS. Exactly. Obviously LS is a completely different level, but you know, so far the quality is good. It's going to be a, a difficult task for them to get into the chauffeur industry. It's going to be a long battle. But I think once a few chauffeurs get to know the quality of the product, I don't actually know the prices yet, but if that's quite reasonable, then you know they, they will slowly get there. So uh, when chauffeurs choose a car, the first thing is a business decision. It has to work all the time. It has to be economical because you've got to turn a profit. Yeah. Are they the first two criteria and then luxury and then perceived quality and perhaps even you know that brand thing? But unfortunately, which is a, a battle I've always come against, is the, is the brand that really does win. Hence, Mercedes-Benz is the biggest name within the chauffeur industry because they know if a client rings them looking to hire a car, they always ask, what kind of car have you got? And they say Mercedes-Benz, sold. Yeah. And that is the thing. You know, That's why Mercedes is so popular. It doesn't necessarily mean they're the most cost-effective cars, the most economical to run. It just means that the chauffeur knows that they can sell their brand to the customer and the customer likes being in the Mercedes-Benz. It saves an awful lot of dialogue, doesn't it? And so Infinity, who have got virtually no presence in the UK, they've been around, what, two years in the UK, perhaps? It's only now that they're bringing on the diesels that they're going to be able to compete with the other brands in the UK, isn't it? Yeah, as I say, it's going to be a really tough job for them to get chauffeurs out of the 5 Series, the E-Classes. I mean, the E-Classes, again, is the most popular medium-sized car in the chauffeur industry so I think chauffeurs will look at the car and again depending on the price the diesels you know I think it's going to produce good figures 
So I think they get there. It'd be a battle, but they get there. So what we're doing here really is not simply reviewing cars. We're taking part in the establishment of a brand really you know it's the likes of your website and my podcast that's going to alert people to the idea that well yes these cars are in the same category and they do work just as well and then that's going to filter through to people putting cash down for it you know well that's it and again it's it's, it's not necessarily let's try and sell the m-series to chauffeurs it's also uh, people like me telling we have that noise again yeah what's that it's a speed camera alert, I think. Oh. We're seeing something coming up on the... Oh, that's there handy. Go. There we go. Yeah. Learn something every day. But, you know, we, we don't know what the future holds for Infinity. They could start looking at the chauffeur industry a bit harder and start producing a long wheelbase something. You never know. Mm. So it's not just necessarily let's get orders in for the M-Series. It's trying to establish the name and tell people that it is a good brand and, you know, emphasise the quality of the car thinking about this car in terms of being a chauffeur's car there does seem to be plenty of space in the back as i turn around i could probably climb over the armrest between the passenger and the driver's seat there is enough space it's wide enough and the rear seat does look all right there's room for your feet i wouldn't say it was particularly commodious but there's enough leg room but nice leather nice well put together it truly is plastic's always the giveaway isn't it occasionally get a little bit of the hard stuff but it's kept to an absolute minimum here and that was just surround for the air vents at the front everything else is fairly nicely detailed yep it don't look like a nissan i think it's very important this car to get the trim right because the petrol model i drove in london as i remember it felt a little bit tacky it did feel a little bit plasticky but this one doesn't this one's completely different so i think you have to really look at the trim levels i mean this wood's really nice it is nice, yeah. You know, it's, it's just very different. Yep, they've got to do it their own way, haven't they? I think this has got a touch of the Korean about it with all the sculpting outside. It really does have an awful lot of compound curves going in opposite direction. It's a little bit... Chinty's the wrong word, but it's a little bit finicky like some of the new Korean cars are, the bigger ones, like the Genesis I'm thinking of. But it's handsome. It's got a bit of Maserati about it, but I think I've said that already. Who could ever accuse an Italian manufacturer of being chintzy? <laughs> or kitsch? <laughs> Gareth Jones on speed. Okay, my turn to drive now. I've been given the driving seat, engaged drive, release the parking brake, and uh, try to remember which side of the road to drive on in Italy. seems tall after the last couple of cars I've been driving. It really does seem tall. Okay, oh, not so okay, but we're going anyway. Sorry. And the back end is alive. Turn right now. <laughs> you know, they did tell us that the uh, road was slightly wet and that these things produce quite a lot of twisting power at the back end and so to treat it with respect and they were right. Eight-speed transmission, I wonder, or seven, or even a six. Nice blind corner. That spin very easily, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it really does want to. I feel I should uh, talk to you like a chauffeur. <laughs> Going anywhere interesting, sir? Yeah. <laughs>
to watch them. <laughs> There's a bottle of water in the side for you, let's if you need. <laughs> oh, no, copy of the Daily Mail. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, no. No. <laughs> If I was a chauffeur, I'd have a copy of Viz and some ginger beer, I think. <laughs> There's nothing worse than being chauffeured. I hate being chauffeured. It's so boring. Ah, uh, yeah. Ooh, very loose gravel on the road there. We're doing uh, 60 kph, about 40 miles per hour. Dealt with it reasonably well. One of ours ahead. And a fabulous view. Oh my god, Now, can you imagine how gorgeous that would be on a beautiful day? Nothing worse on a podcast than people saying, oh, it's a fantastic view when it's audio and you can't see it. So we'll try and describe it for you. We came down a hill and before us was the Italian coast. Is that the Adriatic Sea out there then, perhaps? I don't know. I'll probably tell you on my book somewhere. I'm not paying attention, I'm thinking about cars rather than uh, location. It's actually a lake. It's a lake? Yeah, isn't it? it's, not, it's not a coastline. Can't find the book now. Yeah, liking it so far. Compared to the last car I drove, you're far more isolated from uh, the thumps and the bumps of the road surface, but that was a, a Lexus ISF, which was as hard as nails. This is a bit more floaty. You can hear the thumping and bumping, but you don't really feel it. You can hear it. The engine wants to play as we nip around these sort of, I suppose these B roads, aren't they? The equivalent, they're not A roads. I'm hearing quite a lot of tyre noise, but it's a very broken surface, isn't it? It's, you know, I think it'd be a lot worse in the Audi A8. <laughs> I think that would thump a bit more. It's hard to tell without really pressing on, and it's a bit too wet and a bit too early to press on. But these aren't cars that are particularly hurried. They're moved along quickly, aren't they? Not really made for squeegeeing around big roads, really. Well, let's uh, reinterpret the. Um, I don't know. It's put us on this track. Oh, it's just rerouted. Yeah. Yeah, we're going our own way. <laughs> no, it's pretty typical of me, I think. But... Oh, hello. Nasty <laughs> snap. You broken something. <laughs> what went pop then? Something here went pop. Crunch. That's, uh, yeah, this. I, I get the feeling that uh, someone in this car has been sitting in that passenger seat, has been given a bit of a fright by the driver. They've pushed their left hand knee towards the centre console to brace themselves and have cracked something. Yeah, that's that's the trim cracking if you push it, isn't it? Ooh, ouch. Yes, that's quite nasty. Apart from that, pretty solid. <laughs> This car's called an M, but it's not a BMW or a Mercedes! We've now arrived at what they call the Infinity Center Roma. Not an Infinity dealership, the Infinity Center. And we've been presented with a room in which there is an Infinity M30D, a Mercedes E300 CDI, a Jaguar XF 3-litre diesel and a BMW 530D. So Infiniti are not afraid to be seen against their competitors. I'm making a direct comparison here. I'm actually standing surrounded by all four cars pointing towards me, nose to nose. 
and when you compare the Infinity to its direct rivals, it's slightly taller, I would say, than all of the cars. Even the BMW, it seems to be perhaps the tallest, although that could be the Jaguar. But one of the other treats of coming on trips like this is you get to meet people whose work you know. And one of the other journalists here getting out of a car at the moment is Sue Baker. Sue, can I have a quick word? You certainly can, yes. How did you get on with your Infinity M30D? It's a big brute. We had a great drive around the Italian countryside and uh, you do feel you've got a lot of muscle around you. It's different from the four obvious rivals because the interior feels much more sort of slightly old-fashioned and baroque, I think, Mm -hmm. uh, compared to the others. But you can't fault it for value for money because it it does look thumping good value for money with all the kit it has on it, included in the price. That's what they're ticking all the boxes with, isn't it, at the moment? You know, it's it's rather like Lexus's approach to buy something with everything on board rather than the base price which you spec up. That's what you get. Absolutely, and I think that is what will attract some customers. The difficulty it has is it doesn't have a heritage it doesn't have a personality it doesn't have an image that people understand I notice people looking at it on the road and thinking what the hell is that (laughs) and to a certain extent you feel the same as you're driving it it's in this category but it's quite a different vehicle that uh, really doesn't punch its personality at you It's going to take a number of years to establish what Infinity actually means to us in Europe. America has a relationship with Infinity now. and It's the alternative, as Lexus was the alternative a few years ago. So it's probably going to appeal to a newer, younger breed. Although, looking at the car, it's not a youngster's car. You know, it's it's a stalwart, solid sort of thing. No, it's not a youngster's car, but I think what will appeal to some people is the very fact that it doesn't have an identity, a personality. It doesn't say something specific about you, as, you know, a BMW or a Jaguar or, or a Mercedes does. People have a certain image of what those cars mean. The Infinity is a clean slate, if you like. You can imprint your own desires and driving style on it, and I think they have a great future, but they're probably 20 20 years away from people really understanding what the hell infinity means yeah we're not here watching the launch of a car or an engine we're looking at the emergence of a brand ultimately aren't we yes we are i think we're seeing uh, something quite organic happening it's interesting the way they've taken this sort of organic flow to the interior and copied nature and so on i think that is where the brand is going you know they're going to have to flow into some sort of future personality that they haven't achieved yet but they're heading in the right direction The Japanese will have a word for it. Sadly, I've no idea what that is. (laughs) No, and we probably couldn't pronounce it anyway. (laughs) Good morning. Welcome to day two of the Infinity Test in Rome. Uh, We had a lovely time last night at the hotel. We were wined and dined, uh, not too sumptuously, but uh, just enough that we woke up this morning without hangovers, and we've been delivered with another car, which we're now leaving Rome in and heading towards Valle Lunga, which I think was the home of the Roman Grand Prix rather than the Italian Grand Prix, I'm not sure, in the 1960s, and the main reason for heading out to the test track is to drive the M37, which has the 3.7-litre petrol engine. And we're going to do some slalom testing, I'm told. We're going to be driving this car, which has rear-wheel steer. And I did some research last night. Well, I asked Wayne from Infinity about the rear-wheel steering on the car. 
and uh, he tells me that the rear wheel steering bears no relation at all to the equipment that's on the Renault Laguna Coupe because of course the Laguna is front wheel drive and the Infiniti is rear wheel drive so that system wouldn't work but I dare say they've learnt stuff from the Laguna and translated it across but my chauffeur for today as yesterday when I'm not driving is Paul Gibson Paul, second day in this car do you love it anymore? It's a difficult question, actually. I think everyone I've spoken to have agreed that it's a very competent car. It doesn't excite me that much, but it does the job. Yeah, we can't find any flaws in it, other than it feels a bit heavy, and its weight is about, I think, 1.8 tonnes or thereabouts, so it's, it's slightly lighter than you might have expected. It's got aluminium doors and the like, and you can tell when you close them. But it doesn't feel like a light car. It feels steadfast. It feels, you know, a bit overweight. I think this petrol version actually feels a bit heavier to me. You think this feels heavier than the it diesel? Does. Yeah, it's a bit more drivable as well because you've got, the, you've got the, the famous flappy paddle things here. And it's, it's a very nice sound with the V6. In fact, let, let's hear it, let's hear it. Hang on, here we go. Yeah, that's a petrol engine, yeah. <laughs> a little bit lazy, but it feels a bit heavier. But that's, that's not necessarily a bad thing, I don't think. Step it down into manual and see if it's a, a bit more energetic. And what we, I mean, sport mode or in normal mode? Straight ahead onto SS2. Okay, SS2, we're on the way. Uh, well, I'm in fifth. That's fourth. Doing 100 kilometres. Straight ahead onto SS2. Straight ahead now. The gear shifts are good, actually. Uh-huh. When you're in manual mode, it tends to come alive. My no, Lexus right. is the same, yeah. 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 Shall I put you in sport mode, sir? Oh, go on, then. Yeah. The, uh, there's a, a dial, not unlike the Jaguar gear shift thing on the central console, a, a rotary dial, which has got four modes, sport, normal, eco, and snow, which you probably need with something with uh, this kind of oomph. It's the engine from the 370Z, isn't it, I think? Or Z. It is, yeah. Yeah. It won't let me drop down to seconds, obviously the revs are a bit high. Let's try this. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> we love our job. And you know what, Paul? It's going to get better when we get Vala Lunga, isn't it? I hope so, yeah. yeah. Looking forward to that. It'll be interesting to see how it performs around the track. You and me both. just spent a, a very productive couple of hours with the other journalists driving around the Vallelunga test track, being given a demonstration of some of the safety features on the new Infiniti M. It has a, a collision avoidance thing where if you follow another car in front and you get too close, the accelerator will push back against your foot, indicating that you get a bit close, and then if you don't stop the car will stop and it did work for me did it work for you Paul? it, it did and it did on one one run the, the second run I, uh, I did it, uh, it didn't work really? but I think it was more my driving skills <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I doubt that anyway. very much <laughs> <laughs> and how did you get on with the other uh, proximity warning thing where if you're driving along and you've got another car in a lane alongside you and you drift close to that car 
you get a warning about light. 400 meters, take the motorway entrance on your right. Okay, then keep to the right. Okay, we'll do that, 400 meters. You get a, a warning in the wing mirror. Is it this one? Uh, take yes. a motorway yeah. entrance on your right. Then and, keep to the right. And then... Keep to the right okay. now. Okay. Um, keep to the right. Okay, I'm keeping to the right. Thank you. Uh, and then if you don't steer away from the car alongside you, it will steer away slightly. I mean, is this a safe thing to do, do you think? I'm not sure, it, because it's an entirely new concept, isn't it? We've all got the, the blind spot indicators on the mirrors, yep. which I think work well anyway. Yeah. I think something that actually applies braking to the wheels. I don't know, you'd have to really use it in the real world, I think, yeah, to really yeah. find out if it's a good thing. And the slalom with a car that has rear-wheel steer made a profound difference, I noticed. Did that work for you? It did, yeah, a massive difference between the two cars. Obviously, they made us um, slalom the two-wheel steering car and then one with the four-wheel and yeah it was a, as soon as you started turning into the slalom it was a massive difference and you've driven other cars with rear-wheel steer as well is it the 7 series yeah the 7 series yeah how does it compare uh, well with the 7 you, you know it's got four-wheel steering you can just tell when you approach roundabouts and things you know it's got four-wheel steering. <laughs> Sorry, it's just past a man peeing by the side of the road. <laughs> Only in Italy. <laughs> oh, I forgot where I am now. Um, <laughs> Talking yeah, about entering a roundabout in the 7 Series. Yeah, I mean, you know it's got four-wheel steering. You can just feel it. And with this car, I, I can't say I've felt it on the road. Yeah, quite so certainly. That, that could be a good thing, I don't know. Paul, I've thoroughly enjoyed driving around Italy in some thoroughly good cars with you. Go on, give us a plug for your website. Uh, thechauffeur.com Okay, so if you're uh, interested in becoming a chauffeur and you want some good advice, that's the place to go. Tell them Gareth sent you and Paul will look after you, I'm sure. Right, we've got to make it to the airport now, so we'll, we'll press on. This has been Gareth Jones on Speed with Paul Gibson. Say to our Paul. See you later. Thanks for all crushing. Hey, <laughs> and thanks for chauffeuring me. I'm as Gareth Jones. See you for the next Gareth Jones on Speed, or as they say here in Italy, ta mate! Or is it chow? To send us an email, see pictures, get song lyrics, join our Facebook fan site or follow us on Twitter, go to garethjones.tv. Gareth Jones on Speed is made in London by Whizbang. Gareth Jones on-